0: Hey, welcome back to the Lightspeed Lawn Care Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Cody Owen. As always, we have a guest to interview, Libby DeLucian. I think that you have probably heard her on some other podcasts that you listen to. If you are listening to this, you might remember back in the day when I hosted the Profit Roadmap podcast for Service Autopilot. She was the very first guest of their relaunch. And when we talked to Marvin Salcedo, and Chris Volpe recently about hiring, they both said you have to talk to Libby. Libby is the ultimate expert in this, um, and both of them admitted that they were mostly cribbing their their comments from things they learned from you. So I'm so excited to get you on the show today, Libby. Thanks for being here.
1: Awesome! I'm super excited to be here, and I love Chris Volpe and Marvin as well. And yeah, so I mean, I mean, I'm excited. I'm here to help and answer any questions I can. In that that very unfun thing we call recruiting.
0: <laughs> Since we're assuming that like people have kind of heard you on a podcast before, I thought we would try to like dive a little bit deeper and get past maybe the, uh, the basics of interviewing and talk a little bit about, um, just like some deeper stuff on recruiting, like after that initial interview, you know, we've kind of seen how they respond to, you know, a little bit of adversity, maybe with the order being wrong or whatever it is. What does like second round interview look like?
1: So you're talking about doing a second interview, right?
0: Uh, yes. And you can tell me that you would never do a second interview. That's totally fine.
1: So it depends on the level of hire, right? So we have entry level, we have mid-level, we have high high level. So as far as entry level goes, it's not really typical to do a second interview. A lot of people do that first interview. They could do a working interview after that. Mm-hmm. And so that's more typical. And then when we get to mid-level and high-level, that's where you see a multiple round of interviews where you might have a first one and then a second one with the rest of the office team or the leadership team, and they could bring their questions. But when we're talking entry-level, as far as hiring techs, frontline workers, I don't know which word I like because I don't really like, you know, I don't like employees. I don't like the word workers. (laughs) So, uh, but typically we don't see a lot of interviews and the reason for that is, uh, there's a lot of reasons for that, but mostly it's because the labor market is so competitive. Mm-hmm. The more days you put in that process, the more chances they're either gonna get hired mm-hmm. out from underneath you or they're gonna be a no-show. Yeah. And it's the one that grabs their attention the fastest and commits. So a good applicant is only on the market for six days. And that is from start to hire, six yeah. days. So make sure that your process isn't, isn't drug out too far. And I have a lot of people say, well, Libby, I can only do interviews on this day or I can only do onboarding on this day if I offer a position. And my response will be, the, well, that's not their fault. They need a job. Yeah. So their, if you, Their
0: landlord is not going to delay rent by a week <laughs> because of your schedule.
1: Yeah, you know, if it's Tuesday and you hired them, and well, you can't start till Monday because I only onboard on Monday. They're, they're The likelihood of them showing up is going to decrease by the day. Yeah, it's not their fault. So, you know, why are you doing a second interview? Is it because you're unsure? Um, Is it because you want to do a working interview? If you want to do a working interview, I have respect for that. I understand it because some of our industries are not easy. They're hard. Like we want to see, Mm -hmm. you know, you said you could operate this machinery. Can you really? (laughs) Yeah, Um, So, you know, I am. um, I'm okay with the working interview. The one thing with the working interview I want to caution you on is you can have an unemployment claim filed against you, even through a working interview, if you choose not to hire them.
0: Yeah. So I think let's let's hone in on the momentum of the hiring process here, because I think that that's something that we haven't talked about on the show yet, that this idea of like, if you drag your feet in the hiring process, if you have multiple stages of interviews for these entry-level positions you're going to lose that person. That six-day stat is super interesting. So can you walk us through the timeline of like job posting hits the board to mm-hmm. when we want to have somebody on board? I guess it would be six days, right?
1: Yeah. So, you know, no, because you don't know when they started. Yeah. You're assuming yeah. that you're the first person they inter- applied with and that they only seen your, your ad. Yeah. And we, there's a lot of ego when it comes to recruiting And I'm not going to lie, because I own my own service company. So I own Mm -hmm. a service company local in Fort Myers. And then I own Woot Recruit, which is we do the recruiting. Uh, I made one because I had a problem in the other. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, we we have a lot. There's a lot of ego when it comes to recruiting, because, Mm -hmm. you know, I think my job is the best in the world. Like, we're amazing. Like, but are we really? (laughs) So, you know, when it comes to that, we have to look at attraction, right? The first thing that gets our attention is pay. And then culture is second. Mm -hmm. So you have to have both of those in line and ready to go if you want to be competitive in the market. Like If you want to attract those top rock stars, if you're attracting some subpar really bad applicants, it's probably because your offer isn't that appealing or your benefits aren't that great. So when we put that ad up, we want to make sure it's attractive. It's the first thing we're seeing. And we want to cast a wide net and then we want to like filter them down as we go through the process. If you're casting a very focused, like very specific net, a very small net, it's going to cost you a tremendous amount of money in recruiting because it's so narrow and so focused. Cast it wide and through the process, it will weed out the people. Why? Because they're not going to show up. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to cast that net. And when you're scheduling an interview, we recommend it's, it's as soon as, it's like next day, it's tomorrow. It's today. Don't, don't do it any more than three days out. More than three days out. Your likelihood of a show up will be slim. Very, very slim because in three days, if a job seeker is looking for a job and if I'm a competitor and I'm desperate, I could say I'll interview, let's interview right now. Like this afternoon, today, tomorrow. When you
0: said three days out for the interview, I had a flashback to something I have not thought about in probably like 12 years. When I was in college, that happened to me where an interview got scheduled like really late in the week. I took another interview early in the week and they offered me the job before I even interviewed at the other place. So I I think I sent an email to be like, hey, I'm not coming. But uh,
1: that is a great example of when we have that contributes to our no show rate if they get another interview or an offer, say they had posted, but they'd already done like two interviews before they set up your, like showed up Mm. to your interview. Because remember, we don't know when they got into the market.
2: Yeah.
1: So they could have legitimately taken an offer and been so excited about their job that they forgot about your interview. Yeah. It's human nature. We're so distracted and we have memories like a fish. I mean, this is the reason why we have a, (laughs) used to be a three second memory right now. It's like a one second. <laughs> yeah. uh, so they could have legitimately forgotten about your interview because maybe someone gave them an offer already, like you said, and they meant to send an email or a text, but Oh my gosh, I forgot. I'm trying to prepare for my new job and I'm nervous. Yeah. That is contributing to no shows, but let's go back to the three days. So don't allow any more than three days. And for the s- sake of our sanity, do not schedule one-on-one interviews. <sighs> Oh, okay. Yes, so I really recommend doing stacked or group interviews. So a lot of people are familiar with group interviews. I am not a big fan of group interviews. I love the stacked interview style and that's something that uh, I wanna like, I I call it like the stacked interviewer maximizer TM (laughs) (laughs) where we created a stacked way of interviewing, a process of flow for recruit customers and then a lot of people were trying to say, well, we do the same thing as Woot Recruit. We do group interviews. And I was like, they don't even know what they're talking about because we don't do group <laughs> interviews. So now I've started to publicly talk about it to teach other people, like, here's the flow. It's going to maximize your time and save you money.
0: Yeah, so, do you mind explaining yeah. for me? Yeah, so remember- like, I'm about to do it.
1: <laughs> there's no more than three days. When you have time slots available, pick your time slots. We have to always be recruiting to get- to, to break these glass ceilings of our revenue goals, we have to always be recruiting. It's building our bench. So when you're doing your time slots, make them the same time, the same day, every single week, right? I'll give you an example. In my service company, we interview every day at 10 and 12. No questions asked, no schedules need to be checked. The office knows. If no one shows up, she doesn't stop working. If someone yeah. shows up, great. The office is always set up for interviews, always. So stacked versus group. Group it. Group is we bring everybody into a conference table. I'm going to do a PowerPoint about who we are. I'm going to sell first. Where stacked is more like, great, everybody go into the conference table as they come in. We have books for you. There are booklets about the company, and we all have this information. We just don't really have it all in one place, graphically presentable to our applicants. I got the idea because I used to do group and we got hit with COVID, I couldn't have everybody at one table. Yeah. So I took my PowerPoint and I put it into a book and I spread everybody out and I gave them the booklet and said, great, this is about us. This is about the job, the pay. I pay piece rate, like commission-based pay. Mm-hmm. here's an example, here's our culture, our mission, our core values, um, here's what our customers say, here's what our employees say about us, read it. And then we interview one-on-one. We take the first one that arrived and we start interviewing one-on-one. That is stacked. They're waiting, kind of like the doctor's office check-in. You pull them one-on-one into the interview. The interview goes much faster because they have just read everything about your company and the benefits and the pay right? So yes, the interviews you're not having are to like, give
0: that 10 minute presentation per interviewee,
1: per interviewee, or you're not answering a bunch of questions from them. They are selling you in that private one-on-one. Yeah. So when you bring them in, do your deal breakers. Great. Do you have a car? Do you have insurance? Or can you pass a background check? Whatever your deal breakers are, do those right mm-hmm. away. I only suggest like maybe three or four. I mean, of your hard deal breakers. And then if they pass that, great. If they don't say, unfortunately, I'm sorry, you know, you got to have a car to have to, you know, to work here. Mm-hmm. So you, didn't, you wasted 30 seconds. And yeah. um, if they pass the next phase, right, is the one-on-one interview. And this is where they sell themselves to you. If you're sold, then you can tell them about the company. If you're gotcha. not sold, if you're not sold, say, thank you so much. We're doing a round of interviews. We'll let you know by the end of the day or the end of the week. You also save time there. You didn't sell the company. You're not doing groups. So they don't know what you talked about because you're pulling them into an office. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is a, like they're on trial and they need to sell themselves to you. And we should be talking a four or I'm listening a four to one. Okay. We tend to talk too much we tend to be unprepared, we tend to be nervous, and we tend to talk too much because we want them to like us. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk too much, we cheapen the experience, the quality of the position, and it makes us seem unprepared and disorganized. So listen, it is a very powerful tool. Listen to what they're saying, how they're saying it, how are they acting? Um, and then you just go through each one that way versus where it's a group you're selling, you're doing a whole presentation. It could take you 10 or 15 minutes. Then you're pulling them one-on-one into there. Did they remember what you said? You know, they didn't possibly get all the information they could have read. The reason too, I like to do it this way is because all of this, all of this process is for a reason, right? I'm going to start explaining this, the books, do they read them? How long are they taking? So we have two people in the office. One is doing the one-on-one interviews. And the other one is watching and managing the individuals reading the books. Are they reading them? How long does it take to flip through the page? Are they just playing on their phone? Do they care? Because one, the, one of my office, uh, my, my customer service uh, manager, she's the one who watches everybody. She goes, should I, we tell them there's no phones allowed? I said, absolutely not. <laughs> I want to see how they act.
0: Yeah. When they think was, no one is concerned with what they're doing.
1: Yeah. Cause she's like, well, why don't we're playing on their phones? Great. Tell Lisa, she's the one doing the interviews. Tell Lisa that's a, uh, you know, that's a, a red flag.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The ones that are intently looking, reading, engaged, taking time to flip through that. There's a reason for that. We have work orders. Do they read them? <laughs> right. Yeah. Are they reading the work orders? Can they read? Uh, so that's part of the process. Another thing is, you can set up your office to flow in a way that is setting them up for a test, right? Is there a piece of trash on the floor? Do they step over the trash or do they pick it up? Mm-hmm. Offer them a beverage, offer them a coffee or a water, and that's where they got to mess it up. Bring them a coffee if they yeah. ask for a water. See <laughs> their response. How did they act? Did they push their chair in when they got up to go into the one-on-one interview? Look at these subtle nuances because this is going to show you, like, are they hungry, humble, smart? Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that's really great to do during this one-on-one interview that you couldn't do if you're doing the traditional group, right, that you can in a stacked is when you take them in this in the private room, let them walk in, leave the door open. I'm putting it at the door. Leave the door open. <laughs> let them go sit down right across the room and say, oh, by the way, could you close that door for me? Yeah. Watch how fast they get up what do they say? How fast do they walk to the door? If they're just like, okay. Because when someone turns their back to you, that is kind of how they they naturally act. When, when someone knows that you're looking at them, they remember like, oh, I should stand up straight. I should be proper. But when mm-hmm. your back is turned, you kind of forget that. And you go back to your normal, your normal self. Gotcha. So it's it's a test. So every part of this interview process needs to be a test. Were they peppy? Did they get up? Did they say, oh yeah, no problem. And you say, thank you. And they say, oh, my pleasure. Um <laughs> uh, we got did a former even... Chick-fil-A
2: employee. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> or did they not even acknowledge like the thank you, right? Yeah. So there's so much to the interview process that is not the questions. We get so hung up on the questions. Um, and we're also asking not the greatest questions, but we get so hung up on the questions and their responses that we're not looking at how do they even act or interact with people.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's almost like most of the things that you're asking in an interview are trainable if they're the right kind of person.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: If their answer to you know a question about experience is that they don't really have any, but they have all of the aptitude and the positive attitude in the room. Then you know that, like, okay, well, we can train someone into this. And it might, you know, you might need to note that, like, it's gonna take them a little longer to get through training or whatever, but it's much more, it's better to hire to attitude than to what they yes.
2: already so can do.
1: So you're looking for the unteachables, right? Mm-hmm. You can teach knowledge to anyone, the knowledge of the job. Who cares about yeah. experience? I, I would say, you know, I could have five years' experience in sales, but I could have sucked the whole five years (laughs) right? I could have just been on a team and not, but, so we put too much weight on experience and not look at accomplishments. Accomplishments shows grit. It shows follow through. It shows that they stuck it, you know, stuck it out to the end. Mm -hmm. So look at accomplishments. What did they accomplish in their life? No matter how big or small they saw it to the end, they accomplished it. It's finished. And we want to look for the unteachables. The unteachables are character, attitude, drive, energy, right? We can't teach those things to people. That's inherently who we are. Mm-hmm. And so that's the little things like, did they step over the trash? Did they pick it up? Did they throw their cup of coffee that I brought them in the trash? they leave it on the table. Did they push their chair in help? Uh, did, did they read the book or did they just sit there on their cell phone?
0: The, um, uh, the trash thing is particularly fun to me as a big like Disney parks nerd that is like when Marvin said that to me, I was like, Oh, they like executives at Disney compete with one another to pick up trash. And there's a really good thing. And James Stewart wrote a book called Disney war that is about the uh, Michael Eisner era of Disney. And when Eisner steps up, he's like former Hollywood executive was at, I believe paramount and came into Disney and everyone was kind of like, he's not a Disney executive. Like he didn't come up through the ranks like all of us did. And they, people were dropping trash in front of Eisner at Disneyland to see if he would pick it up. It was sort of like an inverse of what we're talking about where we're like looking at how employees treat things. They were like, does the CEO like actually buy into our values? (laughs) Uh, but it was it was very fun to hear the trash thing and immediately have that connection to Disney level of customer service
1: yeah and so these are things that are very hard to teach so we cannot change at the core who people are We can't put something into a person that wasn't there like you like you can't or I'm sorry you can't ask someone to be something they're not we can only add to what's already there
0: yeah I mean you like. Through a lot of discipline, you can like force someone to white knuckle for two months to like pretend to be different, but they're going to break eventually. They're going to start to try to fi- test the fences and see where things are actually enforced. Are they going to notice if I do this? And so yeah. when you don't hire to those unteachables that you're talking about, you end up with people who you know, are waiting to see what they can get away with.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I had a mentor that told me, you know, you never want to hire someone who isn't smiling when they walk in that door because you can't teach someone to be happy. Yeah. And it was, you know, it's great advice that there's this, you know, it's attitude is one of the biggest things where we cannot make a positive person negative. Now, a life change could, but typically a positive person just does not turn negative from a job. They will get it can alter their mood temporarily. Just like we can take a negative person and make them happy by giving them a bonus or throwing a party, but that's just like a bandaid, but that it it typically goes back to who they are at their core. It's just, um, it's momentarily altered. And we try to keep doing like bonuses and games and like, let's give away like a TV. And yeah, that stuff is fun, but that's not going to turn our negative people into positive people. The negativity is going to leak back out because that's who they yeah. are at their core. And so yeah. we're trying to see these things. I say that interviews like, or not interviewing, recruiting is like dating, right? We have, um, hey, want, my, I have a friend. He'd be a great match for you. That's a referral from a, an employee, right? Mm. That's like getting set up with a, a mutual friend when yeah. it comes to dating. It's a safe bet. I, I'm not too nervous. I don't have to have- How they behave control. reflects
0: on- yeah. Referred it, referred it.
1: You know, I don't have to have all my, I don't have to be too professional yet. And when people are just starting to hire, I recommend let's do this style of recruiting. Right? Okay. You don't need an Indeed. You don't need to pay for it. Ask friends, ask family, ask mutual friends on Facebook. Like, hey, do you know anyone who looking for a job? It's looking for a job. I'm looking to hire. Those are the, your safest bets, uh, but those won't sustain a growing company. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Yeah, it's the same thing on the marketing side because I have absolutely, uh, the guys at like Digital Marketer HQ talk about marketing being a dating relationship. Uh, but also like we, that's how we hire is like mm-hmm. I've hired two people I know really well that I knew would do a good job. We had expectation conversations upfront. They were people I already had that relationship with where we could know like, hey, coming into this, we need to set expectations for, Like one of the guys we have a specific this is the channel where we talk about work this is the channel where we keep up with each other personally so Mm -hmm. that we're i do the same thing uh, with my husband (laughs) yes (laughs) Uh, so it's just like it's so valuable to be able to set those expectations when people are coming in so that you don't end up like a lot of times people will tell you like don't hire your friends and it's usually like well you just don't know how to navigate having a professional relationship and a personal relationship with this person and you know, if something goes sideways, you need to figure out what you're gonna do to get out you of have it. To but
1: compartmentalize it as much as you can. Yeah. Right? The work side and the personal side. I mean, I work with my mother, I work with my sister, I work with my sister in law, my husband works for me, my son works for me with me. Like it's just it's, it's navigating a it's navigating the relationships and setting the expectations up front, but also compartmentalizing when it's a work conversation versus a personal conversation. Yeah. Um, so there's that that referral dating. That's the safe bet. Then the next one you're going to have is like a blind date. Like That's like I'm going to post in a Facebook group that I'm looking for a employee. Right. Mm-hmm. That's like a blind date or like a friend of a friend knows someone who's looking for a job and I think that they would be a good fit. Like that's more like set me up on a blind date.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then we have online dating and that's what I call indeed job boards. You have no clue what you're getting, right? They're just, they're looking at your profile online and you're looking at their application and you're hoping that it's going to work out. So you have to look at this kind of like, like it's a bl- It's, it's, it's online dating. We're not sure how you're going to know if that's Mr. Right in the, in the first yeah. 15 minutes in an interview, but that's how you also have to conduct the interview. It's like a first date, right? Are, are we setting? Are, are we making a good impression? Are we wowing them, or are we just like every other jerk who <laughs> didn't even remember we had a date today? Uh, and and that's the way you attract people, and you know hope that you're making a good decision. But I'm not all turnover is regrettable turnover. Yeah, um, and we're gonna make bad decisions. The other thing we have to do though is fire them as fast as we can, if we know we made a bad choice and that's what we don't do.
0: Yeah. And if you think about friends, you know, who have stayed in bad relationships that they knew were bad from the one week, two week Mark, and they were, you know, hoping it would get better or whatever, like you just need to cut people loose. We talked to, I don't know if you know, Chad Curry. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes. Okay. So we talked to Chad recently uh, and sort of the headline from his interview was Hire Fast, Fire Faster.
2: Um, well, I have
1: a new one. It's Hire Fast, oh. It's higher fast, uh, Fire Faster. Wait, it's Hire Fast, Fire Fast, Faster, and Promote Fastest.
0: Oh, okay. What, uh, I think that that is a, an excellent teaser for a second interview. But real quickly, what does Promote Fastest look like?
1: That means having your career ladders, talking to your people and letting them know that in three months they could be here and in six months I Mm -hmm. want to put you in this position. That is what keeps people as well. Yeah. Is that the I've seen that work on me for sure. To look forward to I could be here. Like here it is on paper. It's not this far-fetched dream. Because if we think everybody wants to be career technicians, we need like we have another thing coming. But to always promote and offer those within is key because you're giving them opportunities to grow and stay, will I need to hire another technician? Yes, but I'm giving these opportunities within. And it's going to get a young person excited to say, like, I have the potential to move up here.
0: Well, and that gives people an incentive to refer new technicians in because they're looking at, you know, hey, the business has these needs. And if they're the kind of person who's bought in enough to be trying to climb the career ladder, they're thinking about that sort of thing. They're not. I think giving someone a light, you know, like a lot of the jobs that we're hiring for are very difficult, very labor intensive. They're not things that people can do until they retire. It's going to have a, you know, like probably a pretty significant toll on an elderly person's body to try to do physical labor every day. Um, So we have to give them. A a light like there is an option to progress in the company if you play by the rules and and move in this way you'll get to the next stage of the ladder. Uh, it's just like so much better than someone just coasting in a position and just kind of day in day out drudgery their way through it. And uh, you know that's when they start looking for another job. But if you're oh. presenting them the other job. That's a lot better than having to completely retrain someone. You already know this person's a culture fit because they've been around for a while. All of that sort of thing. Libby, we are running up into where our episodes usually end, but this was really great. Thank you so much for coming on the show today.
1: Awesome. I'm happy to be here. Come back anytime.
0: Yes. Yeah. I would love to talk to you more about promoting fastest. Let's get that on your calendar. Uh, And then guys, if you have hung out for the whole video, I think you enjoyed it. You probably learned a few things. Make sure to give us a like down below. If you're listening on a podcast app, please leave us a rating and a review. Five stars, please. And that helps other people
2: find out about the show. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week. Thank you.